The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Ballers! Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Me, Devin Ellington at DALE007, your host. Yes, hey, today in sports betting, that's what you're listening to. This is a Thursday recording Wednesday night in all transparency, but we are doing the Thursday show. Really special one, a big one I'm into. You know, we've been doing the tally site Thursday things. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a really fun feller on today. Do not forget, though, we are a hoop-ball.com presentation. You got to go to that URL. Check it out. Make sure to look at the free content. That's what I recommend you go in there for the first in the first place. Health, news, all that transactional stuff on the right-hand side vital for what's going on in playoff basketball in the fantasy land. Not to mention all the team's coverage. We got individual coverage for just about every team throughout the league. Celtics, Nets, Raptors, Mavericks, Heat, Clippers, Lakers, so forth. And then while you're there, go check out the wager pass. Make sure to look into that because it's easy, it's simple. It is 33 cents a day. So even if you drink one of those crazy expensive lattes, you can get it for less than that per day to win some money, ride with some awesome plays and some fellow professionals. It's phenomenal. And the Discord, that's the best part about all of it. The Discord, uh, you hear us talk about it all the time on the show. We all rave about it because y'all are the ones that make it so awesome. So... Get in on that. Come join us. Join the family, all that. Like I said, today is going to be a fun show. Going to go ahead and segue into bringing Mike in. Mike is, uh, he's kind of got an important relationship, if you will, with Hootball. And uh, Mike is someone who is affiliated, and I'll let him spill most of the beans. I'll like at least open the can. But Mike is affiliated in whatnot with Hootball through Tally Site. And so Tally Sites had some super amazing things going on recently within their growth. And we've gotten to be kind of a part of it as Hootball and an organization. So Mike, I'm going to call you Mike V 
because you're from the East Coast, like a Beastie Boys thing. We just celebrated the ninth anniversary of the loss of uh, MCA yesterday. So, you know, Mikey, Mike V, what's up, man? Glad to hey. have you in. Hey, Devin, it's nice to join you. I've been waiting to join Itali site Thursday for so long, and I'm just happy we were able to make this happen tonight. Time zone jumping. We got to, <laughs> you know, we're making it work. And uh, like you said, been a long time coming. We've been growing. Y'all have been growing. We were talking off air about the newest additions and such for us uh, analysts on the site. And the interface is phenomenal. I love all the new info, all the data. You know what I'm talking about. Um, I love the tracking. Um, and it's a great place for high volume betters. And I definitely love it. And what you guys got going on there uh, as an affiliate, we definitely love having uh, you guys around as a presence. I appreciate that. I just, I'm going to let all those compliments go to my head and just let them sit there. Maybe I'll translate that back to the rest of the team. Maybe not, but I appreciate it. And we love working with you guys. Just some of the good work you're doing, putting out good content, helping me with my fantasy team, obviously. So I appreciate you guys as well. You know, I hope you got a big room. So, I mean, and then and you can just patch me on through to them and I, Hey, we'll, we'll nip it in the bud real quick. Anytime I get a positive email feedback, just instantly forward it to the leadership team so everybody can see it. <laughs> I'm going to personally mail a sheet of uh, those gold stickers uh, to you and your boss. And, you know, whenever you get one of those, you're going to get a gold sticker per me. <laughs> I'll so, wear it with pride. Yeah. Like a, get you like a little badge collector thing or something. <laughs> um, anyways, Mike. Uh, we've chit chatted quite a bit, uh, in regards to sports, kind of what we want to accomplish. And we were talking a little bit off air. I say off air. I don't, is that the term for podcast stuff? I don't know. Like, Cause it's not offline either. Right. You're still on a line. True. Right? Like we're in the, we're in the way, the web waves. So pre-show like pre-recording, I guess pre, uh, <laughs> we were in the uh, green room pre, pre, I don't know. In the green room. That's a good one. In the All right. So we were in the green room, Mike and I, and we were uh, discussing just some whereabouts with Mike uh, and where he got started, you know, and you were talking about doing some radio stuff in your college days. And we we're just kind of talking about the current industry and with sports being involved in a major swirling component within what's going on with not only sports betting, but I would say like journalism and overall presence within culture right now, I think this industry um, is in a unique spot. Where would you say it's completely different from when you were in college to now? Well, I mean, like, I think you see it, everybody can see it, like the convergence between sports betting and media and just how intertwined the two are, are now. Like when I, like, like you were saying, I worked at a, WFUV Fordham during college and like we would have never considered Fordham. talking I always forget that about yeah you. talking <laughs> about like a line on air or talking about the spread in a game like yeah you'd mention like your say like your MVP predictions and everybody would do that but now when you turn your TV and you're seeing like in-game betting at halftime of like MSG when you're watching the Knicks game it's just like 
even I don't even know like a year ago if you would have seen that. So then if you take that back, like I don't want to age myself. It's fun that I could actually start saying that I don't want to age myself. But, you know, back when I was in college, like, that definitely just wasn't a thing. Like it was still something like a lot of people were afraid to touch. And now you just see it every day. It's just right in your face. Such a scarlet letter, <laughs> like just a huge blatant one. And I love it in a sense because it's tied a bit to the mafia <laughs> You know, it's tied to uh, Mr. I can never get his name right, Dunahee, uh, the ref. You know, there's been some reasons, but that's what's fun about uh, personally and selfishly speaking on my end, trying to be an ambassador or liaison, if you will, for this industry and for individuals looking to gain insight on it. You know, it's a odd strange place sports betting that is you know no one really knows what's okay what isn't you know you know people don't realize that less than 20 states have legal sports betting and um you know it does take some comprehension giving and some understanding to realize that it's normal now like yeah. it, it's normal yeah and I think that's like at all levels, right? Because even when you go to like the institution, like you mentioned, like the states, like the institutional, like, I don't know, the institutionalization of like sports betting, like it's complicated and hard when you think about like licenses, who can do what, who can't do what. So like, I feel like it's inevitable that then like that confusion kind of trickles down to like an end consumer, just like your average fan or your like average individual who might be interested in sports gambling. Because like, if it's so confusing at the top, it's like, you could imagine the confusion. It could be for an individual when you have like all different varieties, all different sports books and some states you can and some you can't. Uh, it's a little bit of a mess on that front. And then you throw mobile betting, which is a whole nother set of legislative measures um into it and uh yeah but you know what it's very very close to i just totally being washed of that i guess stain tarnish or whatever you will yeah and um, then it's like it's interesting like i was talking to somebody like on my team today about this and i was like i would imagine in 10 years the latest like is it legal in every state and mobile is legal in every state like, I'd imagine, like, that's something where it's, like, I could, like, I can't see a world where that doesn't happen, right? And if you think about, like, we're probably in the first inning of a nine-inning game when it comes to sports betting here, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, for, personally, I, I, I agree with you. And then, secondly, the time frame. I could see five years it being mobile, that is. I think that's the easiest jumping platform. It's hard to get in the roots, in the ground, in the you know, infrastructure, institutions, brick and mortar kind of places. But if you worry about the mobile legislation and you get the outline set for what you are looking to allow your state to bet on, then you allow a more fluid and, you know, just concisive forward point, you know, for what you want to accomplish with sports betting within your state. And with that being said, you know, it's just like um, you got to, look at it and realize that it's just another way to break down sports. Like it's just another, it's another way for people to fanaticize over something that they like. So um, I think within the next five years, we could see, I would say at least 85% of the States being good to go on mobile betting. Cause things, I don't know if it's cause I've gotten older, you know, you're talking about aging and dating <laughs> yourself, but man, I, 
I don't know what's going on, but time is just slipping on. And I, you know, I think that's because things are just starting to move faster. I don't know. Maybe it's me, but I think we're moving faster as a people, as a nucleus now. And uh, I could definitely see it being, being the way to go uh, within the next five to seven years, 10 years, probably with everything pretty much taken care of uh, over the whole as a country in sports betting. Yeah. I mean, like, it's kind of shocking even like where we're at now. Cause like, do you remember like your first bet you ever placed like in person, like at a sports book? You want to know something? Yeah. I've never placed one at a sports book. Interesting. Interesting. I, I, I'm, you know, landlocked, man. I'm out here in the Midwest. It's Mad Max territory out here. We can go, I got to go up to Dubuque, Iowa to get some action at a window. That makes it so that this is where you're talking about like the mobile betting. You're like, okay, yeah, makes a lot of sense in that case. Cause like it just, like I'm thinking about like now with like I'm in New Jersey, right? Too. Like I'm, I use, I think, like mostly FanDuel right now. It's just like you could go on, like, hey, there's a game tonight I want to watch. Like, let me, let me see like what some of the props are, what some mm-hmm. of the bets are. But then like, that's such a different experience. It just has me thinking about like, I remember when I went to Las Vegas once for the first time and like going into the sports book place. And I think I bet a future mm. and it was just like a thrill. And now I'm like, Oh, it's weird. I kind of have that same thrill in my, like on my phone every day that I could do. And like, I don't know, my head just started, you took me there with the way you were kind of uh, talking <laughs> about it. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for that day. I don't know where it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, if I'm going to win, what bet it's going to be. But yeah, I, it will definitely be an experience that I remember. I hope that it's prop, you know, here in, I think it'd be cool if it was here in Oklahoma, because then that means the uh, legislation has gone the way that, you know, I would hope it to. But uh, it being my home state, I think that would be also really cool. But hey, if I go catch a Cubs game, you know, they added the betting there. I would love yeah. to go to a betting window at a Cubs game. Um, that'd be a double duel, um, you know, like a dichotomy in a enjoyment sense, you know, yeah. just, yeah, uh, that would be bonkers. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, what's awesome is uh, the sports betting industry. And just like I said, sports in general, especially, I think we're hitting a different, era of sports we're hitting the post-covid era in human history you know and uh so sports i think is gonna start changing in weird different little ways so sports betting being one of them yeah i can't wait for the post-covid like stadiums packed again like i'm a big soccer guy so like i feel like you oh, feel yeah. it even more with like in europe we're just so used to like fans like singing right. all game it's yeah. just like it, like sometimes you watch a game, you look in the crowd, like, you get sad. Like you're just, just like, oh man, constant like, reverberation of people, uh, yeah, of each other. Like yeah, it's just like, it, and it's almost like you kind of get used to it. But then, like when you step back again and stare at it, you're like, oh my god, like I can't wait for it to like be stadiums filled with cheering fans again. Uh, I can't wait. As I've been watching some baseball games recently, and the limitations be lifted on fan count and whatnot, you know, it's awesome to see fans. You know getting rowdy and clapping and hooting through a, you know, two strike pitch or a key, you know, a payoff pitch, yeah. just like yeah. four or five pitches in a row that keep getting fouled off. It's like just that dedication that you see as an element to baseball, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's nice with baseball being outdoors, more people like, mm-hmm. so. Absolutely. Yeah. So man, there are so many things I kind of want to dig into. I don't know which one to go to first, <laughs> but 
like I said, this is a treat for the show and it's an awesome experience that we've had with tally site. And I've definitely been enjoying having that access to tracking my picks, but also having the results pan up against some people that I, you know, have a good familiarization of people that I'm uh, I've read work of theirs or just completely new folks because I found some really great content just from being a part of the analyst team uh, over on the tally site platform. And I was going to run through, you know, it is tally site Thursday. So, but the focus is on you, Mike, cause you're the guest, but I've got to make, I got to run through some tally site selections. I'll probably do it once we get more into the baseball stuff, but I love the algorithm that you guys got going on. I don't know if it's an algorithm, but like, you know, just the way it takes to craft the picks on there and be competitive, but also it, it's, I've noticed whenever I'm making my picks, I got to be a little risque, you know, that I've got to go against some popular opinions sometimes. And uh, it's kind of like getting exposure in DFS. And uh, I think it's very, very fun. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's like, I've had so many back and forth. I feel like, so being on the partnership side, I'm a lot of like the point person with like a lot of the analysts, the creators, the uh, the teams we work with. So I feel like the back and forths I've had over like how we calculate the IQ or how we calculate certain rankings. And it just, analysts get a little uh, heated when they see their uh, ranking fall or they see it rise and, you know, they'll, uh, really want to promote themselves when they're at the top of the leaderboard. But then, hey, if they have a bad week, they're asking me all these questions about how we come up with these leaderboards. So uh, I love that aspect of it. But the community piece, I think, like, that's always been a part of what we've tried to uh, do here. Uh, if you think over this journey on two years, like, we've been focused on really building the tools and the technology to make it easier uh, for content creators, hoop analysts, whatever sport, just to be able to uh, create, share, and track their predictions and their picks to kind of engage their audience and engage fans in a different way. And then, like you said, like the community aspect of it too. So we have a lot of uh, individual creators. We have uh, analysts at major media sites, whatever it may be, all on this platform. And we feel like it's kind of like your picks and predictions are like an equal playing field, whether you're uh, – pushing out a Substack article once a week on the Phoenix Suns from your basement, or if you're on air on ESPN, like who you're picking the game, like there's like, it doesn't really matter. So we feel it as like, it's that equal playing field where it's like people can kind of shine and kind of uh, really show their, their worth and their value in terms of like picking and predictions. Yeah. And I like to find myself scrolling through the rankings, just seeing what people are thinking on games it's just really interesting um like you said that algorithm uh i know there's been plenty of times where i've been sitting pretty on (laughs) friday saturday i don't know how many times i thought i had a number one locked in (laughs) on a week and then i you know just come five o'clock sunday speaking baseball specifically like just like oh well shit (laughs) <laughs> yeah, in baseball, there's so many games every week where it's like a couple wrong moves and suddenly you're falling down the leaderboards. But that, like, that's the nature of it. So we try to 
you know, like as much as you want to attach to a leaderboard, it's like, Hey, in the long run, it's like, how's your performance looking that like through that long-term vision versus that short-term scope of like a weekly, weekly leaderboard. But we understand the fun in that as well. Cause it's fun to see yourself when you're climbing the ranks or sitting at the top, especially like during NFL season when it gets really, uh, Oh yeah. Wild and crazy on tally side, I'd say. Oh man. It, I remember the playoffs, you know, there, I, there was like uh, six guys that they were just flying around the top of the leaderboards and there, there was so much good analysis going on. I was getting so much, so many like good little playoff football nuggets and um, just all sorts of insight. And that's what I'm excited for the public to be able to get into eventually down the road, you know, uh, what have you. I don't, I'm not trying to promise anything for tallies. I don't know what y'all guys are working on, but you know, I've seen the vast improvements and additions to what we've had access to as analysts and um, the trajectory I think is a, a good one for you folks over there. So I just like to share it. I appreciate that. And yeah, like we're trying, I think like, phase let's say like hey like the as the tech is in place i'm not saying like it's stable and saying the same where it's like hey we're always trying to get better always trying to push ourselves but with like the tech in place and the community in place now it's like that next step is really helping us power you guys so like we don't want it to be about tally site we want it to be about hoopball we want it to be about devon like how do you create more content how do you share that content out easier in different ways how do you engage your listeners in a different way through social media you know and that's like really what we want to do to be like empower you to make it as easy and simple for you yeah well hey i can definitely attest to that you're doing a good job at it so um like i said it's just like a um symbiotic relationship that's what i was trying to find that word uh I was going to say embryo, but that was just totally <laughs> not the word. And I knew it. So. Are we giving birth? To yeah, I, think, I don't know what's going on. Man. Hey Mike, you're pregnant. So this comes as news to me. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if you knew, but I'm breaking it to you. So anyways, uh, uh, one of the things on the show I usually do, it's kind of recent. It's a new addition, but I think it's a fun one. I've always had almost a parallel equal amount matching amount of, uh, emphasis on like passion and interest in music as I have you know sports and I know you you know you being from the east coast you're a hip-hop head and uh, we can talk hip-hop but uh, you know so it's kind of like a small little segment where I'll talk about like an artist or an album or just kind of what I'm listening to currently and you know I'm listening to Hello Nasty by the Beastie Boys like I said because MCA he was my favorite Beastie Boy we lost him nine years ago and um, I know I talk about the Beastie Boys a lot with you and I feel like it's probably an, an annoying thing as someone who's from Jersey and like that area how do you opinions on J. Cole announcing his newest album or if you have one I, I'm just totally assuming that you like hip-hop because you're from Jersey J. Cole I wish I could say like hey I was on j cole early and i loved his early stuff but like i remember at first being like uh like not really sure about this guy and then like you know you hear some songs like cold world you're like oh okay and then born sinner comes out like oh okay (laughs) and then it's like forest hills drive and you're like okay yeah this is this is good like what was i thinking like this is good i thought i've loved his like even his recent stuff has been good and then that album cover 
looks awesome. So if right. the if the music holds up to the album cover, I'll be happy, I believe. Yeah, he's always had pretty cool album covers. I remember I can't remember the album. I think it's Cold World. Like I, I just know like I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie, like I know of him quite a bit. Like he I listen to him. Like I don't I, I can't tell you everything about him or his middle name, but <laughs> like I, I knew it was pretty big how he dropped his album release. So and then, you know, complete opposite segue. And I've actually talked about this band um, recently. I mean, they're one of my favorites, but Modest Mouse actually just announced that they're going to drop an album in June. So it's like, I think, every, like, like we said, it's like that renaissance, you know, the post-COVID, you know, 1400s Paris, you know? Like, yeah. I like Modest Mouse, I know less about, but I do know that Float On will always be a jam. And like that might be the only Modest Mouse song I actually know. Hey, that is totally fine. And that is something that happens quite often. <laughs> so, um, and it's great that it's that good of a song. And it came out like almost 20 years ago. It's actually kind of nuts. Um, That's crazy. And then Lupe Fiasco sampled yes. that for uh, the show goes on. I'm just like, yes. oh, yeah perfect <laughs> i love lupe um I've always wanted to try to get to see him uh, i believe him and currency were doing a show in the middle of kansas one time but i was in high school and my dad was like nah <laughs> so uh didn't get to do that and i've forever been bummed since uh, who's the best show you've seen live dude honestly all right so I need to go to more hip. I need to go to hip hop shows. Like the only hip hop I've ever gone to is like local stuff. Um, but like they're, they're you'll have to look them up. But they're they're called Blackalack, and that so much energy in this small little venue. It was like really awesome. But like I've seen some like artists and bands that I like personally just viscerally like and love. I've seen a couple a few bands like four times. But Primus, man. I got tossed in the air and like there was these two six foot five hillbilly good old boys and they they were like you want to go up I was like I want to go up and they ripped me up man and threw me shit dude they dunked me and I was just like getting bounced off on the they they threw me in there like four times it was fun it was a blast and I've seen Primus three times but that one that was really fun they're not everyone's cup of tea they're a 90s band really weird three-piece but you know I like everything. I can talk about disco. I can talk about Primus. I can talk about Mac Dre and Mac Miller. Like, you know, the list goes on. I love on. that. I love that, though, because I feel like that that's like me. Like, if I say I put on, like, Apple and it's talking about, like, my favorites for the week or, like, a playlist, and it's just all random stuff where I'm like, if anybody looked at my phone, they'd be like, what, what music does this person listen to? Because it's just all over the place. Like, disco to opera to rap to oh, pop yeah. to what, 70s, like, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, and good then music I also good music. I really like making playlists. That's one of my favorite thing about Spotify. I just love throwing like a hodgepodge of songs together and see how they like spit out as a playlist. And uh, it's uh, it's really fun. I, I've been listening to I can't remember the uh, band name because it's Japanese, but like it's just like this Japanese jam rock, real soft, just like super cool stuff. I don't know what they're saying, but I dig the music, so I listen to it. I love that. That's so interesting. I want to ask you a question now. Yeah. Do you think it matters if you don't understand the language somebody's singing in and performing in at all? Okay. So I have a funny story for this one. All right. So 
when I was in El Paso, I had a real close friend. He was a sergeant of mine while my military time. And, you know, he was from Mexico. And I learned something about Hispanic music that kind of slapped me in the face and I kind of felt naive to. So if you hear a Hispanic song and it's usually more upbeat and happy, he said more times than not, if you listen to the lyrics and you translate them, it's usually a very sad, depressing song. I wouldn't have thought that if he wouldn't have told me that. I thought like, hey, they're having a good time. It's a party. I, I yeah. Context clues, some of the, you know, I took a few years of Spanish and I grew up in some Spanish parts of where I was from. So it's like, I can speak some, I can get, I can get by and I just never realized that. Like I said, it made me feel naive. And he was like, and then if you hear a real slow, just like mellow song, it's it's usually like the celebration, like good time song. I was like, I, you know, I guess I'll have to keep that in mind. Counterintuitive, wouldn't have known that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, But I think the important part is the sounds and the vibrations. And if you like it, then that's what matters. So if it just sounds good to you, then yeah. you should enjoy it. Yeah, I agree with you. So... I'm with you on that one. Yeah. So those are the weird random tangents that we usually take on today in sports <laughs> betting. And um, I can either go here. I'll let you pick. You got, it's like Jeopardy and RIP to Mr. Trebek. But uh, here I've it's got tough some watching credit. Jeopardy. I don't I know. know. It's, I just, it's not I, the same without I him. I can't even watch old episodes. I'm not ready for it. I was watching. Uh, I can't remember what movie, but I was watching a movie recently. Oh, duh. White men can't jump. Uh, and it was when she was studying for Jeopardy, like watching an episode. And I was like, oh, Trebek, you know, words that start with the letter Q, Q, yeah, <laughs> or foods. Oh, food, okay, yeah. Um, as of the 1990s, there was seven, I don't know how many there are now, <laughs> yeah, you never know now, yeah. And according to White Men Can't Jump, which is probably a very credible source, so <laughs> all right, so I've got umpire stats, the Kansas City Royals. Or the Boston Red Sox. I'm like curious on this umpire stats because, like, is this regards to like the recent like Angel Hernandez stuff? Like, <laughs> no, not necessarily. Um, I was just eyeballing a certain DJ or a certain DJ. Well, talking about music now. I'm just okay. All I thought about... we were mixing like no. DJs and umpires. I mean, here. this I'm guy's like, wow, name is DJ, DJ, and I was okay. looking at my note. <laughs> I told you, man, I've already recorded a show today. I'm sorry. I'm usually more put together. Uh, DJ Rayburn is an umpire uh, in the MLB. And uh, he's the ump in the Boston Red Sox Detroit Tigers game that's currently going on that I've got a couple waiters on. I think I mentioned to you I was going to make a play you know, on every Red Sox game. And so I was eyeballing this one because his stats for tonight going into this game as the main, like the crew chief, the head guy in the – in the ball game, his record is uh, two and three for the home team's money line, and then uh, the under has a record of three and two. So, my prediction, what I was looking at in this game, the game script I had for the Red Sox was the fact that the Red Sox are at home. I thought they were going to win, so they were going to send him to five hundred in that home money line department. And then I was also thinking that the game was going to go over. It's currently not looking so hot in that element. Um, what is the over under? I, I got it at nine. I believe it was nine, nine and a half, yeah. somewhere around there. Um, I just need JD Martinez to go up to bat a couple more times. Yeah. Some yeah. Just everybody just give your bat to JD. 
<laughs> so I just, I don't know. I, I was looking at it. I was like, this guy could get to three and three in both of those departments. Um, the over under record and then the uh, home money line record. So DJ Rayburn, probably an umpire. I'm probably going to look forward to keeping track and uh, tabs on moving forward. And are these just red? Like, so this is news to me. Are these readily available stats? Like, is this living in a database somewhere where somebody could go in and pull if they wanted to? Yeah, absolutely. So there was, uh, I found a website earlier. I, I closed the tab, but I can't remember what it was called, but it was very useful. I mean, it, it, it showed the crew designation for all the major league games for the evening. Um, and then, you know, uh, how many say walks these guys average per game that they ump, um, home teams, run totals, all that good jazz. And, uh, I know you can, uh, find it if you just like Google, I think it's like umpire stats or I D I Googled DJ Rayburn specifically, <laughs> and there's a couple databases, but the action network, you know, a tool that I use, um, to track my stuff and whatnot as well. They also, you know, they, they show who the head umpire is for the game in their preview. And um, that is, uh, you know, honestly a part of where I got that information, the record and all that stuff. So that is, that's interesting. I wonder the home like thing now with less fans in the stands, how, like if you still get those hometown calls from an umpire behind the plate, for example, (laughs) I don't know. Oh, everyone can hear his yell a lot more now. So, like a couple of them got to get their man. Their, their high. I was an I was an umpire as a kid, like growing <laughs> up. I umpired like the little leagues, like in our town when I was uh-huh. still like young. I was probably like in. It was like me and my buddies we were probably all in like seventh, eighth grade, like umping like third, fourth, and fifth graders, right? Right. And I had the most fun as an umpire, like. <laughs> being able to call a strikeout is one of the most exhilarating things in the world. And if you've never been an umpire, you should go become an umpire. I, I had an opportunity to do so. And I've known quite a few umpires. Uh, you know, I've spent some time in the, in the baseball realm growing up, you know, so it sounds like just like you, uh, my yeah. umpire life. Like I had a, but a real close friend of mine that you know, if he wasn't working his job or he wasn't in high school or at school, you know, he was umping a game at the ball field and that guy worked hard. Uh, I want one of those little brushes. I always wanted to do the home plate wipe off. You know, that was getting the opportunity to ring someone up too and get a real emph- emphatic, just like strike, you know, it sounds fun. Oh yeah. It was ridiculous. I mean, like wait, I was like umping, right. A lot of my friends were umpires too. So like we would just start messing around with each other. We're like, okay, next strikeout, see like the most ridiculous strike three <laughs> call you could make. And like, you'd like look down the third baseline and your buddy's like <laughs> laughing at you. Like, <laughs> you, you I had uh, to toss a lady from a game once when I was in high school too. No that was way. a lot of fun. <laughs> Tell me about that. Yeah. She was just like, this lady, this is like one of my, like, I don't, I hope, I mean, like, uh, this is one of those stories where it's like in my head and when I tell it to my buddies, it might be funnier and maybe doesn't resonate with like a larger audience. But like, I was umping this kid's game and like, I was a little bit older, so I was probably in high school. And like, this lady would just like keep screaming at me whenever her son was up and just like, I'm bad calls. And like, her son like, wasn't that good. And like, so that was the whole thing. And then, like, in between innings, like, she would just say things to me, like, oh, man, like, really bad out there and stuff. I was like, okay, kind of unnecessary. 
And then she would make like weird comments like, oh, like, why are you always like looking back here or something? She's like, you know, are you attracted to me or something? You got a crush on me? And like, I was like, well, that's kind of weird too now. And then Man, like, one I'm game, like, so like, it was like, <laughs> it was like an in-town league. So you, it was like the same teams more or less every couple of days. And her, like, she was on me like all game. And then like her son comes up and like in my head, like I was talking about, him, like, if this pitch is anywhere near and then she was the game uh and that was an experience of like i wouldn't start the game again until she left uh, the premises so that was a lot of fun a lot of fun for sure i remember talking to like the the chief umpire after that he's like you know he's like what do you have to do i'm like blah 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 but yeah tossing a lady from a game it had to be done i have never had the experience <laughs> and i'm envious and the fact of the matter is it's necessary from time to time. The closest yeah. I've gotten was when I was a bartender and I, you know, I, I tossed a couple of folks out. That was kind of fun. I always did it in a baseball fashion too. <laughs> like, you're out of here. So um, how did that work at the bar? Did you have like bouncers or whatever where you worked or were you responsible also for making sure that person left? You know, depended on where I worked. Like we had yes and no. I mean, it was there was always a way to be diplomatic about it and I was kind of the bartender that was like kind of made I hate saying this because I don't like pe- making people feel dumb and I'm a different person now but I would just kind of make the person realize like oh wow I'm a bit of a jackass and then you know we would get them out of there um so people you know surprisingly were- Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Expect bartenders when they break code. And then it's like if you screw up, the rest of the bar turns on you really quickly. So it's, you know, it, it, it'll get saloonish real quick. So you got to jump ship and get out of there. But uh, so going back to the umpire and calling egregious strikeouts, I'm sure you've seen it because you probably have good cinema taste. But the naked gun, Leslie Nelson, when he rings people up and he's doing like the moonwalk, uh, just kind of stepping it out and being crazy. That was something that I remember watching on a VH, VHS tape and having that a, enjoyment of Leslie Nelson. May he rest in peace. 
did you step the strikeout call out like he did in that movie? I don't remember that movie exactly, but I definitely, definitely added some dramatics to uh, my strike three call on her son. And I feel bad for the kid if the ball was actually outside, but his mom got him a strikeout that day. That was probably like his fourth strikeout of the game, but that sounds mean. But Man, facts. You and your son both go home. He's not that good. Uh, anyways, no, no, no. kids, you play baseball, and if your umpires suck, then you, sometimes you got to let your mom get tossed out of the game. So that's the way it happens. Just try not to get struck out four times, and then, like, you'll, you'll be okay. Uh, exactly. So – we have covered quite some ground in this conversation on this episode here, and I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And we've got playoff basketball coming up. I know that we've discussed, you know, like the Bucks and the Nets and how that's going to be a really fun seven-game series with all those phenomenal players. Is there another different matchup somewhere? And, you know, it could be East, could be West, you know, that or a team that you're looking to be interested in and see where they drop or, like, or cemented in in their seating? So I have to qualify this with I'm absolutely a homer. I am a diehard <laughs> Nets fan through and through. From when I was young to when they were in New Jersey, the Jason Kidd years, I worked for them for a bunch. Like, that is my squad, so – Having them be good is a lot of fun. Uh, and then the other teams I'm looking at, like as a Nets fan, like always, I'm curious to see where the Knicks wind up and if we wind up having to play them because I would love to knock them out of the playoffs. They are currently the four seed in the East, which I was looking at earlier and mentioned on earlier the earlier show that, uh, you know, I thought that was kind of curious, interesting as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, like being out here in the Northeast, like uh, like in the New York City area, they just dominate the headlines. I remember, like when before they played the Raptors a couple weeks ago, it was just like ESPN was like drooling over them with Stephen A. Smith, and I'm just like, oh god, I can't take this. <laughs> they, they, but Julius Randle is playing lights out. Yeah, yeah, they and R.J. Barrett stepping up lately. Uh, Derrick Rose had a little bit of a re- uh, revival which good on him. I like Derrick Rose and uh, it's good to see him having a little bit of late career success. Yeah. I will say it's almost odd to have the Knicks have likable players. Like I feel like I'm so used to them having guys like I just absolutely can't stand. But like you mentioned like a lot of feel good, like the Derrick Rose thing, like him mm-hmm. coming back. Uh, I think even like Julius, like the Julius Randall thing is awesome too. Just like what he's kind of become and developed like Nerlens Noel, like, so I'll give them that. But like yeah. Knicks Atlanta would be fun in the first round. Oh yeah. I was actually going to bring the Hawks up. Um, you know, they were a team I was looking forward to seeing where they go in the East there. And then, you know, the heat are towards the bottom. They might have to play in the play in game. I honestly would not be shocked if they missed the playoffs uh, to be quite frank. So tell me more about that. I'm interested. Are you saying miss the playoffs completely or like yeah. miss the play, like losing the play in? Probably, I would say losing the play in. Okay. I feel like they're gassed. I feel like they're gassed. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But the Lakers getting LeBron back is huge. 
I do have a lot of belief in Spolstra as a coach. He's one of my favorite coaches in the league. So, and he's proved me wrong before, before, I mean, like last year, everyone. So uh, who knows? Playoff basketball is exciting. So I have questions for you. Do you feel like, because this thing I've like kind of been aware of, like the way the media shapes narratives and like how that's playing out this year. Like if you think about last year, like all the talk on like Giannis and the Clippers and now like this year, like, the talk is just elsewhere. Then, like, if you step back, it's like Giannis is having a year, like, probably similar to both his MVP years, and we might get Clippers-Lakers in, like, the first round. And I feel like it's not that big of a deal. Whereas, like, last year, this would have been crazy to be, like, Lakers-Clippers first-round series, right? Right. Yeah. I, I, Adam Silver's got – like I said, we're, we're in this post – COVID period so it's like a weird reshaping of the NBA and playoff basketball's in that because of the different implications and like we're talking about the play-in game and whatnot I think the narrative spinning and focus on these teams I think it's gotten a lot more balanced and more evenly spread out Uh, a lot of people you know in coverage and such for the Lakers panned off a little and dove off you know with Anthony Davis out and then we got and that's a great call and great point on you for Anthony or I'm sorry Giannis's uh season because I've been this is honestly the season I've been most impressed by him I would say uh for my personal eyes and just opinion I think he would deserve the MVP James Harden uh, Anthony Davis they missed too much time LeBron missed way too much time I'm not sure who else you really put up there. Doncic, I mean, the Mavs have underperformed. So I think the MVP narrative usually swings, I, I would say, like what team gets heavily talked about as well. So with that, I would say we're looking at, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the narrative peaks here soon on your nets and uh, everyone – is on them and ready for that for the uh, postseason. I don't know. I also wonder, like, what if, say, the Bucks finishes the one seed? Like, say they go in a run now, they take the one seed. Is Giannis, like, taking it home? Who do you think's the MVP? Yeah. Who do yeah. you pick on tally site? That's what I should go look up. Oh, to be honest, I don't know if I've made mine. <sighs> Did you make anything preseason I could hold you to? No, I can't say I got anything on record to be honest. I might have said something on a couple of shows or just I, I know we looked at some odds and whatnot we have to go pull the tape yeah I need uh need to get someone on that <laughs> yeah I was just looking at we just hit our 250th episode I think this is like 252 253 or something like that so uh Starting to get up there on the table. Yeah, that is no small feat. That should that like consistency and being at it every day is not something to scuff at. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I to be honest with you, I probably wouldn't have went Giannis because I didn't have a lot of belief in him to do it again. You know, uh, and I thought the Bucks were going to struggle a little more than what they have been. And the fact that James Harden, I, I just thought that the league was ready to give him an MVP. It just kind of seemed like that kind of year if he did what he needed to, but obviously he didn't with his health. So um, Anthony Davis, I was concerned with the longevity and him being able to do what he, I, I honestly, and then 
Okay, I'd lie. I would throw Jokic in there, but the Nuggets have also underperformed. So that's why I kind of forgot about him. I knew he had some real good value to begin the year before the season. I think he was like really high up there in some value that I, you know, I would have been okay with taking, but they can't stay healthy in Denver right now either. Yeah, Jamal Murray really hurt my fantasy team. I feel bad for him as well, but yeah, yeah. he was starting to get caught too. He was like starting to. Yeah, because he, he started slow, and I remember being like, man, I picked this guy way too early. And then he came on. I was like, oh, now I remember why I picked him, like, after what he did in the bubble. That bubble run was absolutely ridiculous. Him and TJ Warren, you know, <laughs> that bubble performance of TJ Warren was – and, of course, Devin Booker. Um, the bubble was yeah. fun. The bubble was fun. So I've got – Okay, I've got the sports media picks from Tally site up for pre their preseason predictions. Did I make did I on on the five major award categories? Let's see, Devin. No, I don't think we have picks from you. Okay, but I, if you had to get it's just, it's funny seeing these now because like like obviously like this is something we're gonna try to track where it's like people are gonna now make their picks again at the end of the season uh-huh. and seeing the difference. Like, and it's just funny seeing, like, these consensus picks from before the season. Like, do you know who 26% of people, which was actually a majority at that point amongst the sports media, had for their sixth man of the year? Sixth man of the year. I'm going to say, ooh, Montrez Harrell? Jordan Clarkson. Oh, are you serious? No way. Yeah. It's a large amount of people. I, I honestly yeah. thought he was being way more slept on. Sharp mind. Most most improved player twenty with twenty one percent leading uh, all players, or he was tied actually. Pascal Siakam was a popular, trendy one. I remember him getting a lot of buzz. But honestly, okay, so here's a narrative that was interesting. If Giannis was going to win the MVP, he was going to have to improve from last year, and then be a an improved player. So if he was able to be a most improved player, I knew that he was getting some love also. That's interesting. I had not thought of that. But they had – this media had SGA and Michael Porter Jr. Okay. tied for their preseason most uh, most improved. Okay. Defensive, defensive player of the year with 51% of uh, the consensus pick. AD? Yep, AD. Yeah. That would make Rookie sense. of the year, I feel like that's an easy one. Lamella. 47 yeah 47% came in pick Lamelo. MVP what did Halliburton get? Let's see. Oh, that's a good one. Halliburton was taking 8% of the vote. Are you serious? What? Yeah, Wiseman was at 19%. Obi was at 13, which oh, looking back at that like he hasn't even really played. Yeah. Yeah, we're looking like some like if you think about Obi like Ben Golliver, Sports Illustrated, Michael Shapiro, Sports Illustrated. Uh, Bobby Marks from ESPN. We're all rolling with him for Rookie of the Year. Wow. Yeah, that is surprising. And then MVP, 37% of uh, sports media. Let's see. Uh, I, James Harden. Luca. What? Yeah, because Harden was still in Houston. So I feel like everybody was just like, where is he going to oh, go? Yeah. What's going to happen? You know, and here's – all right, so I'm a <laughs> – I don't talk about it much, but when I was growing up and before I was doing this whole sports betting thing and all that good stuff, uh, 
and talking about sports so much. I, I grew up a Mavericks fan, you know, Don Nelson era. So I had low expectations for the Mavericks, which is why I could absolutely just not buy or see Luca doing what he needed to do and getting the Mavericks in a position for him. They needed to be a two or a three seed. And I just did not see that to be possible. Um, but that's honestly just my opinion. So, yeah, that is wild. That is a large number on Luca. Who was number two on the MVP list there preseason, Mike? And, uh, no, actually, wow, this is kind of shocking. Damian Lillard was taking 12% of the vote. Really weird. I guess people thought Portland yeah. was going to finally be healthy and – yeah, no, a lot of experts rolling. Like Embiid's up there, 9%. Yeah, yeah. Giannis, 8%. Anthony Davis, 11 Only 3% taking Jokic. NBC Sports, Kurt Halen. Uh, it's like, it's funny, like, going back and reading some of these, like, these insights, too. It's just like, after you have a, like, in retrospect, being able to go back, it's just fun. Like, I agree. I noticed uh, myself yeah. doing that on Tally site also, but it's also for, like for you, I'm sure it's got a neat little thing, uh, you know, as kind of a part of this partnership ownership aspect of it, you know, it's like a growth throughout the whole year, you know, you get to see and where people's thoughts and opinions and what they think is going to happen for the year actually goes and where it actually ends up. So. Yeah. I mean, from my personal perspective, like the day-to-day and the games are obviously fun. Like an NFL Sunday, seeing who all the experts are taking and how that stacks up week over week. And if Mina Kimes is actually outperforming another analyst. I love, uh, love Mina. She's awesome. There, there's some really great folks that you guys have been able to get on board. You were wrong. You were right. Or this is what you were way off on. Versus like just hearing people just kind of like really change their opinion the day before an awards announced. We're like, nah, this is what you said back in like December. This is what you were saying in October. So yeah. I love it. And it's not like a, a got you moment, but it's like, uh, like, hey, like think about this. Right, right. And it's a good accountability because even right there when you asked me about my picks, I wasn't even sure. I was like, I don't know, did, you know, who would I? Or, you know, and obviously I let some current, uh, measures of what's going on within the NBA and where these players are at that we were talking about, you know, obviously swayed what I might've thought. So that accountability factor and that tracking is what I also enjoy about Tally site and getting to be able to use that. Exactly. It should be fun though. We will, we always want to make it fun. Like I think my Heisman trophy winner for last year, I think I had Spencer Radley. <laughs> it was just terrible. I mean, I don't know why. I think it was, hey, it's only terrible until he wins the Heisman. That no, year, it actually. How honest? I honestly can't remember. I was high on both of them. <laughs> but hey, Sam Howell this year for Heisman. I'm just and Spencer Radler. They're both back. Lock it in. Right here, you heard it first. Hey, I might take Coastal Carolina's quarterback. I feel like you were big on Coastal all last season. Like, Dude, hey, all right, you got it up in front of you. And, again, here's a vanity moment. Sorry, guys. Oh, this is why this is ringing a bell. You're a, I 100% know where you're going with yeah, this. You should pull up those Coastal Carolina rankings. <laughs> I, let's see. Let's okay. go to tally site rankings. I just enjoyed them, and I can't wait for college football. Uh, 
Riley and I, the other guy on the show, we were talking about coastal, uh, football just in general today, too. So I'm glad that we're getting some football talk. Coastal Carolina treated me well last year. Fun with it. So you're number one, right? And then if you look at – if you would have made a $10 bet on every pick you made on a Coastal Carolina game, you would have made $221. That, I mean, that's all right. It's, like, not a big number. That's not bad, man. That's 73% ROI on, a ten, on your bets, on $10 bets. On the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Yeah. I think, like, you found your calling. Like, was there something you knew about them that nobody else knew? Like, Well, so I tracked their jump to the FBS level because they were an FCS team. And I was familiar with the school itself as an institution because of their baseball team. Their baseball had been Division One for a while. And, you know, they went up against, you know, some powerhouses in TCU and Oregon State and some super regionals a few years back. Hoop ballers. Let's talk about your balls. Yep. Your balls and the area around them. Let's talk about manscaped.com. Go there and use promo code hoopball20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. Use the promo code and go check out all the tools they have of trimming the hedges and taking care of your lawn. Like... The Lawnmower 3.0 with a built-in LED light to help you get into those dark thigh crevices on the inner parts. Also, the Gooch. It is hard to get to the Gooch if you can't see it. So use the LED light with the anti-tugless technology on the Razor. Full, long battery life. Then, check out the Weed Whacker. Bring that out of the shed. Use it on your shrubs. Cut down what you need down to bare minimum if you need to. It's got a nice anti-tugless technology just like the Lawnmower 3.0. It's also got a lithium battery. And best news of all, these things are waterproof. So that way you can do it in the shower and take care of business in the cleanest way possible. Hoopball20 is the promo code that's going to get you free shipping as well as 20% off. I recommend using it. I recommend getting the complete care kit with your free shipping and your 20% off. Spend a little extra, get a lot more. There's a good care kit there for us gentlemen. Face scrub, shampoo, ball treatment, and the area that surrounds our balls. I believe there's even a pair of underwear in there for our balls. So yeah, that's going to conclude the talk about our balls. Now let's talk about bets. MyBookie.ag is where all the hoop ballers take care of their winnings and where we place all of our wagers that we post in our article in the wager pass as well as our free plays and our Discord chats. Yes, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. Let them know that we sent you. Hell, specifically type in my name i want them to know but most importantly you got to let them know what podcast that is and it is today in sports betting you let them know that we sent you and then we as a family get to grow 
And then we get to set you up to reap more benefits. And that is what's important to us because we are here to help you win money. And that is why we recommend my bookie. Their slogan is bet, win, get paid. And it's quite simply that easy. Use Bitcoin to get going. It's a high recommendation of VM Center at Vince Miracle, our guy. It's a recommendation of me. It's so easy. Dan Bespris, the podfather, Aaron Bruski, the godfather. They get in there. They get going with Bitcoin. They get their money in and out. And it's easy peasy. Who balls the promo code? Use that. Let them know that we sent you. MyBookie.ag. Bet, win, get paid. Now, as a podcast, we have your balls and your bets covered. And without further ado... We have today in sports betting. So I was just kind of familiar with the school, and I always thought that the freaking blue hen Chanticleer thing was cool. And I think you're right. You know, I found my calling. Like, I'm just going to be a professional Chanticleer sports picker. I can't wait to see you on ESPN, and they're like, let's bring in our uh, Coastal Carolina expert here. (laughs) Hey. Speaking it into existence, and I appreciate it. Yeah, I feel like you have to take it and run with it. I feel like you have to send this to like their media team and be like, "Hey, can I hop on a broadcast when we talk coastal here?" Like, I think I got the insights. But this is fun. Like, this is the stuff I like uncovering. Like, I I don't know if this is fun stuff for you, but like, we were working with one of the analysts, and she was trying to like uncover some of the things she's good at. And we were like, "Hey, your best team is the Cleveland Browns. They're actually fourteen and two in in their games this year." So stuff like that is always fun. Those little nuggets. 14 and two. Yeah, I was, um, man, that is a crazy high. What, that's like 89%? Something like yeah. That. And I th- so I think it was money. No, I think it was spreads. It was spreads. Yeah. And which that's so hard in the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, that is impressive. Yeah, if you don't follow her, it's Ashley Haas. And, like, she makes – she's, like – I don't, she does both things. She's a model and she picks like oh, yeah, yeah, NFL yeah. games, but like she's pretty money at NFL. It's actually impressive. I remember that name. I think I've seen her around in gambling Twitter community. Um, one thing that I love about the new additions to Tally Site is just having that access to what you've done with specific teams. Uh, you know, it was I, I didn't realize that I was really successful in um, picking games that the uh, Twins, you know, I was really good at picking Twins games. I had no idea. And then Oakland, you know, uh, so that, that just those fun. Actually, hey, I got it right in front of me right here. Yeah. And that's like that's what like the premise, 69%. like uncovering those nuggets for you. Cause then it's like, okay, like now, you know, like you can share that out. So now like when you make an A's pick, it's like, Hey, maybe people are going to pay more attention to that. Cause it's like, Hey, look at my credibility when it comes to like picking A's games. So just as much as we want to uncover those nuggets for like a fan who's looking to see like, Hey, like, should I bet on the A's game? What are people saying? It's also unlocking that for you. So then it's like, you have maybe next week, your whole show, you could just talk about the teams you're really good at. You have over 50% on. And then people are like, yeah. Yeah, and seeing – I think we might have cut out a little bit there, Mike, but seeing the percentages of people and the way that they make the picks is, like I said, it's a drawn interest of mine. Something I like to keep tabs on. There's some very specific folks I've found through being a part of the tally site, you know, picks and analysts and all that stuff. 
that I've just stumbled across so many good pieces of information. No, that's awesome. Like the community piece and then like the valuable nuggets. Like we're trying our best to just like, I know like the engineering team, like how do we unlock more power for the users, for analysts to just kind of like open up as many possibilities as possible. Right. And it's a great platform. I mean, just, I can't speak high enough on the volume, like just the base that of which you guys uh, have created. And, um, it's a really unique experience and uh, I'm just really happy we were able to get the hoop ball, hoop ball guys uh, signed up on it. So uh, it's fun to have a team in there, team effort. Yeah. I mean, the best thing about having a team in there, you can stack yourselves up against each other and say, Hey, I'm actually NBA expert of hoop ball. Or you could go, you're a host of the Pelicans show and be like, Hey, I actually know the Pelicans better than you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Lyle. Um <laughs> And then the uh, I wanted to shout out Riley too, Mr. Sorba. We call it, or I call it. And it just started today because he hopped on a podcast, uh, made his hoopball debut. But yeah, I'm calling him Sorbet. You know, <laughs> I said you know his debut was smooth and sweet. So uh, Riley Sorbo, I noticed as I was looking through some rankings, he's number two in a couple of different MLB measures at the moment. So shout out to our Riley over there in the top five. Uh, and some MLB picks. Shout out Riley. Riley in the house. <laughs> Anyways, and you know what's cool? Riley, we were talking about this on the show today. Riley actually started out, like, he just was a listener of football content. He was a listener today in sports betting, um, you know, for the last year or so. And now he's on the team. So I feel like you could have a shameless plug here. I feel like Dan's been posting about getting more analysts and people who are interested in like daily fantasy or the fantasy aspect like are you guys looking actively hey uh wink wink nudge nudge <laughs> at d-a-l-e football gaming seriously insight in gaining exposure on different you know thoughts in the process and whatnot that's always exciting so if someone has something to say and they're skilled at it Right. They don't necessarily have to be skilled. That makes me sound like I'm setting a high bar or something. But like, if you if we can have a a tangible conversation about a point, then yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Like the barrier entry into this space is so much lower, like than it used to be. And yeah. there's so many like cool content creators out there and doing their thing like in different ways. The Substacks, the Patreons, the mm-hmm. podcasts, the like article long form, whatever it may be. It's just like it's it's easier to get yourself out there nowadays, which is just awesome. Yeah. For me, I want to enjoy my content and I want to have whoever's indulging in it enjoy it as well. And, you know, I don't know if that's how I'm doing it. Like, I just know that, you know, this is fun and I enjoy it. I've enjoyed the growth that Hootball's had. I didn't expect it. You know, just like Riley, I responded to Dan, you know, in one of his recruitment things, you know, it was like such a weird unraveling. So um, didn't plan it, but I've always had a passion in the sports sector. Like we were talking about in the green room was that we, you know, both had some interest in like broadcast stuff and like uh, AM waves and all that good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I thought for sure I was going to be calling like NBA finals games by the age of like 40. Uh, like I remember and then like at Fordham, I was kind of like, ah, actually, I don't know if this is the thing for me anymore. Like I was like covering like the men's basketball team or whatever. 
but yeah, I had those dreams. Yeah. It's the good thing about dreams. They can change. <laughs> <laughs> they change every night. Exactly. Sometimes you don't even remember them. So. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then there's people like me, like I, I, I swear, like I don't dream. Like I don't, I, I don't know what goes on when I sleep, but you know, I wake up in the morning and you know, that's what happens. Like I don't, there's people that tell me like they lived like another life in their dreams. And I'm like, you know, like they had meals and like they planned their meals and they cooked and like went and walked their dogs and like this. And I'm like, okay, I didn't do any of that. I mostly just rested. <laughs> right, right. I'm, I'm just trying to like, I, I stress enough whenever I'm awake. I don't want like to make decisions in my dream and shit. Like, <laughs> screw that. <laughs> this is where I go to get away from it. Right, right. That's and you know what I, I noticed uh, when I was in the bartending world and like, you know, service industry and stuff, like the tales that people talk about, like they wake up like panicked and they were like oh shit i forgot your ranch or whatever but it's like not actually happening like, it's true like you because you're rushing around all day your legs are going and i'm sure that any job like if you're busy within the workspace your brain works like that and it's firing so you're gonna get those panic sleep you know job tremors <laughs> for the most part i don't dream so yeah i feel like i can't remember a dream i've had in a while either so maybe i'm more in your boat now too yeah it's got to be like a just really unfortunate thing or just like a very just memorable like dream for me to even remember it for the first five minutes of my day. But man, we have covered some ground, Mike. I was excited for this show. I'm excited for the next one already. I kind of just want to, you know, like have you on every other day because I, I, I love the partnership between Tally Sight and between Hootball. And I like the direction that both of our entities are going. And, um, you know, here is where I kind of just, you know, we talked about more specifically you and your stuff at the beginning of the show, but wanted to dig into a little more of like, maybe like what is to come, what's going on, like for you. And, you know, I, I think I did a really bad job about giving folks your Twitter handle at the beginning of the show too. So if you want to go ahead and include that here, I, don't, for I, me. I have to look that up. I'm like, what is okay. my, like, what is my Twitter handle? Well, like, my thing is I say stuff funny and I get self-conscious about it. So I know I'm totally going to mispronounce, even though I like know your name and your full name, <laughs> but it's like, okay, it's M Valdetara. Val- that's not bad. That's not bad. If you it's, get a little bit out of the aura, and you go, like Ara, like at the, at the, with my New Jersey accent, we'll say it differently. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. You should hear me try to say some other stuff. Look, um, I didn't even know I had an, like, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I do now know I have an accent, but I really didn't know I had an accent until I was probably like 19 years old and like exposed to more of the world, like in the country. <laughs> yeah. Mine is just uh, the Midwest and this, especially Oklahoma. There's a certain like draw, like it's like a weird, it's not nasally, you know, that's, I don't I mean it in an offensive way. I hope it doesn't go, sorry, East coasters, but I'm just a naive Midwesterner. Uh <laughs> And, you know, my mom was from, is from Philly and uh, she talked real nasally. And it was something that stuck out to me when I traveled for work 
and people said that I had an accent. And I just, I think it's funny how we're in the same country, but you know, depending on where you go, you have no idea what the other person's saying. Yeah. And if it may like, like this is like, so I'm Italian, but the last name doesn't give it away. So uh-huh. like, if you take the dialects in Italy and like how different, like, you know, here we talk about accents, like we're talking about different languages when you go like from certain towns to different, like, provinces so it's like the accents are easy like imagine like having to learn in a completely different type of language if you like we're going south like yeah yeah uh i believe i am of italian heritage also according to what my mother uh i've never met anyone on that side but apparently they grew up in the south philly you know area the neighbor boroughs neighborhoods whatever Uh, there's that you know, geographical barrier there. <laughs> we call them neighborhoods. They're boroughs over where you guys are at. Uh, but yeah, so other than Tally side, I know, I mean, this is your brainchild right now. This is where all your focus and stuff's going. What more do you want to say about Tally site or familiarization that you can give, you know, to the folks listening? Yeah. So, I mean, instead of my Twitter handle, I could give Tally sites. That's easy, but you there can follow us. You can follow us at Tally site. Uh, you could follow our page, like our Twitter. We're always posting like unique insights for different games, different events, who the experts are taking, uh, who the, say the, the leaderboards for who's hot, hot streaks, et cetera, amongst like sports media and analysts. Uh, and then we're excited to just keep building the platform and expanding the community. We want to start dipping into new sports. Like we have a lot of the major sports up, uh, but like Devin, you probably saw it, like getting golf out there was important for us. We want to get soccer, MMA, NASCAR, tennis, like all these sports on the platform so that more people could weigh in on it, see what the experts are taking. Uh, and then prop bets, that's going to be uh, another thing. More and more people are asking for us to be like, hey, can we share prop bets with our fans? So we want to be able to give uh, analysts and creators the opportunity to easily do that. So prop bets will be huge for us as well. But that's where the focus is, just more sports and more bets so that you guys can take advantage of that and share that out in whatever way you guys see fit to uh, engage an audience. But yeah, more sports is huge. Did you know like table tennis was the most bet on sport in Colorado one month recently? Well, I mean, all right. So I can tell you about some Czechoslovakian, Brazilian, and Russian table tennis because that's what I was betting on along with KBO when the okay. COVID shutdown first happened. So if you know your stuff in the, in Czechoslovakian or Slovakian, I guess because Czech and Slovakia are separated now. Chicken Slovakian. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, if you know your stuff on that and you have a view and you have an analysis on an upcoming game tournament event, like, we want to still be able to give you the tools to be like, hey, Devin, like, here's how you could share this to your Instagram audience. Here's how you could kind of track your pick for that. Here's how you could share this out. So that's what we're focused on. We just want to almost make it less about tally site and more empowering our, the creators, the analysts that use This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.